Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. I just finished Bad Sisters not too long ago on Apple TV Plus, so I'm very tempted to do this entire show in a bad Irish accent, but I'll, uh, I'll, I won't do it. I won't do, do it. Oh, yeah, no, avoid it. Avoid. <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago, the crazy ex girlfriend cast all did like Irish accents on Instagram as a contest to see who could do the best one. And uh, I think I won, but then all the Irish people were like, I don't know what this is. And then English people were like, this sounds like someone who I know from like this weird Western corner of England. Uh, So. Yeah, they're tough. Oh, boy. See, you said don't do it, and then you did it. (laughs) You opened this can of worms. That's true. I did do it. I don't care. Um, Hi, everyone. Welcome back to BCC. This is the first time that all three boys have been together for just a hot minute. Uh, Mm -hmm. Welcome back, Riley. Thank you. How are your travels? My travels were good. I was out in Bozeman, Montana, shooting a documentary. It was uh, very exciting. That town is so cool, uh, and Montana is truly gorgeous. Man, that is some God's country, man. I remember visiting Mm -hmm. up there when I was, uh, my cousin's wedding, I must have been a young lad, but I was like, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been. Yeah, it's stunning. Truly stunning. It's it's a, makes me wonder why I'm living in Los Angeles. Well, you know, you could always uh, show up on a ranch and join a cowboy gang and fight for your corner of Montana as they do on Yellowstone. Think about that. It's possible. Yeah, but I, then you gotta then you gotta visit that state line where they push you off the cliff if something goes wrong. You know, they take you to the quote unquote train station. You don't want to go there. Right. Riley, we yeah, can't yeah. lose you to the train station. It's not good. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll stay in my little cabin in LA. Please do. All right. We have an amazing guest for you guys today. We don't want to keep him any longer, but just quickly, uh, a reminder that our brand new uh, merch store is up and running. Very excited about the new merch store. I already ordered my glow in the dark hoodie. Yes. So excited. Glow in the dark hoodie. That's going to be the item of the year for us. I think. We have an amazing polo, an amazing glow in the dark hoodie. We have Tyler Benz's zombie big shirt, uh, big Bigfoot shirt is back. And then we have a brand new zombie Bigfoot uh, shirt, you know, Halloween. So what if it ended a few weeks ago? It doesn't need to end in our hearts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get it Uh, for next year. Get it, get it now uh, while limited supplies last over at store.bigfootcollectorsclub.com. Okay, let's get to the reason you guys are all here. Our guest today is known as the co-host of the wildly popular podcast, Distractable, and is also a huge star from Twitch and YouTube. Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome to the show, Wade Barnes. Woo! Howdy, everybody. Thanks for having hello. me. Hello, hello. Wade, hey, Wade. Uh, 
We, I think we decided before the uh, show started that you are a internet sorcerer. <laughs> okay, why am I a sorcerer? I need to know. Well, because you have you a, like got a, a cool name. You got a cool name. You have a moniker. You have an online moniker uh, that when you go to go to a bank, old people are like, "Are you called Lord Minion? <laughs> Is this uh, a yeah, thing?" Yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my least favorite thing, probably about my career, is my username. I think, but it's great. I it seems like it's br- I guess in our corner of the internet, giving yourself a moniker like that that brings you such success is something that the three of us should have done many years ago. That's yeah. I'm saying it's a good thing. That's a magical working. Well, do you want to know the secret? The secret yes. behind my username? Do yes, you want to please. know? Yes. Please. All right. Uh, when I was younger, I played a video game. Uh, you guys might know it. Twisted Metal. You know the Twisted yes, Metal franchise? Yes, of course. Yeah. My favorite character in that franchise to play as was Minion, which you can only play as with cheat codes. Okay. And I only played that game with cheat codes. So I would play as Minion, turn on invincibility, go around, crush things, got a PlayStation. My PlayStation name was Minion or Minion 7. Uh, I made my YouTube channel back in 2012, not because I planned on making content, but just to comment on my friend Mark's. Uh, Mark was on your podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mark that's right. Yeah. was uh, about six episodes ago, if anyone wants to check. Yeah. Out. So he and I have been, we went to school together from junior high, high school, college, so on and so forth. We've known each other a very long time, way before there was ever a Markiplier. But I made my my YouTube channel just to comment on his video so that I wasn't Wade Barnes because I didn't want anyone knowing that name. <laughs> I was like, I better make a secret identity. And Minion was taken. Minion 7 was taken. Minion 777 was taken. I like threes and sevens. I don't know why. So I was yeah. just like, well, screw we'll it. I'm just gonna, I don't know if you guys curse in your podcast, so I'm going to try. Yeah, we do. Yes, yes, please. No, let, it, let it rip. Well, I was like, let well, fuck. Rip. Okay. So I'm going to just put something in front of it. No one's ever going to know it's me anyway. Lord Minion 777. Done. Who cares? No one will ever know. Well, damn it. <laughs> but it's brought you so much. I feel like that's what we all should do. You know, everyone picks their stage name as an actor. You know what I mean? And then people are like, change that name. It sounds weird. Or it sounds this. Or it sounds that. Right. Get a name. Like, you chose a name that you didn't realize was going to bring you so much power on I the internet. I think I've had success despite the name, okay, not because of the name. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's I don't know if that's like an egotistical claim. Like, I'm so much better than my username, but I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like if I was going to rate usernames online, mine would be probably C or D tier. I Okay, fair enough. But... I mean, let's be honest. Is it any? Is it that much better than Markiplier? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, you're Mark stirring plus the multiplier. pot. Multiplier. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. At least he has people call him Mark, so they know. Like, what? Well, yeah, like, it's better than Lord Wade. If I'd made myself Lord Wade, I would. I, I would want Wade's, everyone to slap me that ever I met think, me. I think Lord <laughs> Wade is also pretty great. But Minion. I mean, you were ahead of the curve on Minion for sure. I think the movies, the little yellow Twinkie movies, came out like slightly before I made my YouTube channel, okay. but I didn't really know about them. So I can't even claim that I beat them to the punch. I'm really just, I failed all around with my username. Failing up. Yeah, failing up, exactly. I think that we are just hitting the the age uh, where all those early internet decisions are, are now like coming back to haunt us one way or another. If most people <laughs> listening were, were known... Uh, through their career by their like original AOL handle, I still think you would win. B Ball Star Barnes. <laughs> that That's was it. Pretty good. AOL too. Instant Messenger. B Ball Star Barnes. <laughs> Bryce and I are too old for AOL. Uh, 
Riley, what was your AOL messenger oh, handle? Do you remember? Uh, not, yeah, it was. Uh, what is it? Oh, boy. It was Blade 1101. Oh, hell yeah. Blade. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Pretty, pretty nice. edgy. Real These cool. are sorcerer like, names. I'm telling you, only about 500,000 variations of Blade online. I think you would have stuck out incredibly. <laughs> it was, Dude, I just saw yeah. like lasers like in an eighth grade student photo. Like, <laughs> like she's fucking hot, dude. I love I'm that. Telling oh, you, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm on to something. You guys are technomancers. <laughs> oh, I, I regret. Bryce and I are too old to be technomancers. You guys are technomancers. These names have given you strength. Trust yeah. me. I believe. It. I, I believe it. it. All right, you, Wade. Like, you guys probably had like wax stamps or something. So you could have had like a cool seal. <laughs> yeah, we, at, yeah, yeah exactly. we could have had like a house sigil like in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, yeah. mine would have been a bulldog. Every era had their thing. Prices, <laughs> prices would have been like a weave uh, a, a weed leaf. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, with a squirrel head. Yeah. Bulldog, yes. a blade, and a weed leaf. And now you yeah. guys are hunting Bigfoot. There we go. <laughs> you know, that's why we are where we are. Yeah. Um, okay, Wade. Well, uh, we asked this question to all of our guests. What if, if any, was your is your personal paranormal history? Have you ever uh, had an encounter that you couldn't explain? Seen a light in the in the sky? Spent the night in a haunted house, uh, or something else? This is so strange. I had a couple of little stories, like minor things that had happened I was going to talk about. You guys happened to catch me. This might date the episode slightly. Uh, this is within 48 hours of me witnessing the only miracle of my life. What? Whoa. And I don't know if it was something supernatural, a crossroads Ooh. demon deal, if it was God himself. I don't know. But I experienced a miracle okay. yesterday. We're here. Let's break into so, it. I'm normally a guy, I stay up late. I normally stay up till 2, 3 in the morning. I wake up around, I don't know, noon, give or take. But yesterday morning, my pets, all three of them, were due for their yearly workups. Um, my cat, two dogs, they were supposed to get their dental cleaning, their shots, blood work, so on and so forth. Drop-off was 7 a.m. So my wife and I had trouble sleeping. We couldn't fall asleep till 4, 4.30 in the morning. Alarms go off at 6 a.m. to get up, take the pets out, get them ready, take them to the vet. 7 o'clock, we get there, we drop them off. We get back 7.45, uh, lay down, try to sleep, and we're expecting a call around 2 or 3 in the afternoon to pick them up. Instead, we get a call at 9.45 in the morning, about an hour after we'd gotten home and fallen back asleep, hour and a half, something like that. We need to get up urgently, get back. Our cat is not doing well. Oh, no. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, we will be there as fast as possible. I hang up, immediately get a call back. I need to emphasize how much urgent I mean. Please get here ASAP. Okay, okay got it. Get up. I'm in my spit-stained pajama shirt, my shorts. I just toss on a pair of jeans. Don't probably forget my belt. So pants are falling off. I'm wearing my flip-flops, glasses mm -hmm. on. Probably drool smeared all over my face. My wife gets up, same thing. We get in the car, we go. We get to the vet, and they rush us back into the back room where our cat is laying on a table hooked up to all kinds of machines. There's a lady like squeezing the little oxygen things, putting air into his lungs, and they're injecting something into his uh, IV port, and they tell us that for 30 minutes they've been giving him emergency meds to try to wake him up, but he is just not waking up from anesthesia, oh, and there's no. they don't think there's anything they can do. Oh, oh. And this this cat was a, a free spirited cat, independent, 
only wanted attention when he wanted it until he met my wife. When he met my wife, he became her cat. He was the neediest thing, always wanted attention, follows her everywhere. Like, this is my wife's child. And (laughs) I just cannot fathom losing him because I know how much it would devastate her. Can you tell us the cat's name? Keeter. Well, his name's supposed to be Shadow. He doesn't know that. We all call him Keeters. So his name is Keeters, which I also found out thanks to the internet. um, This is a complete side tangent that apparently that's like one of those. uh, Oh, God. What's the website where? um, Shit, I'm blanking. Now you're the Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. If you look up Keeters. Right. Urban Dictionary. Keeters apparently means like a lady from Italy with large pepperoni nipples. And it ruined a sponsorship (laughs) for me because I was trying to do a thing with my cat in there. And they're like, you cannot have your cat's name in this post. So I found that out <laughs> as an old man who didn't know any better. But anyway, my pepperoni nippled cat is laying there basically dead on the table and they're telling us there's nothing they can do. For my wife's sake, I say, please just try the emergency thing like two more times. Just please try anything. And they do it. Nothing happens. They unhook the machines. She listens to his heartbeat. She said his heartbeat's fading. She wraps him in a blanket hands them to us, takes us to a room, like just a normal exam room, sits down and says, you know, take the time you need. Um, We have a thing we can give that will stop his heart if you want to to go that route. We have cremation services. We can do an autopsy to figure out what happened. We're getting all this thrown at us. And for an hour and 45 minutes, we sit in this room, bawling, snotting, trying to figure out whether we want to bury our cat, where we want to bury our cat just trying to console each other, just completely hysterical. And we get to the hour and 45 mark, and my wife looks at me, I look at her, and we both nod. It's like, it's time. He's not waking up. We stand up to literally go tell the doctor to come in and give him the, I guess, lethal injection, whatever it's called for cats. And as she walks in, she's holding two syringes, and she says, I just got off the phone with a specialist who told me there's one more thing I can try. And we don't know. And I said, I don't care. Try it. She injects this thing and immediately his tail moves. He perks up. His <gasps> wow. eyes open. He meows. No. We rush him to the table. They hook him up to all these machines. He starts fighting them and he's just awake. This is like the wow, Mia Wallace uh, adrenaline shot. Everybody, <laughs> the vet, all five technicians that are there, the vet, everybody is working on our cat. They have been this whole time. They're not like everyone else's appointment was canceled that day. None of them know what even to do because they said they have never in their careers experienced a revival, especially wow. after two hours of him being off any kind of life support machinery. But apparently, wow. because we were holding him in such a way in the blanket to where his head was elevated. It kept him, mm. it kept something. I don't know. The, we, we ended up rushing him to a specialist. He's still there right now. He was in critical condition yesterday. We took him to the specialist. We dropped him off. We waited an hour and 45 minutes. They let us come back and look at him. He was in this oxygen tube thing, basically having like yeah. oxygen pumped in uh-huh. uh, on a heated thing, completely yep. wrapped up in monitoring devices. And they were telling us, like, it might be like someone having a stroke. He may never see again. We don't know how, what walking no. will be like. We have no idea what his recovery will be like. We get a call today. They tell us that if they call us before, like, 10 o'clock this morning, that it's probably bad news. So I'm waking up every half an hour last night, checking my phone frantically, hoping there's no missed calls. Today, we get a call at 1230 in the afternoon. He's up, he's standing, he's moving around. He seems to have all of his senses. He's acting fine. Their only concerns, he's not eating. We can come and see him. So we go, we see him. We bring some treats and stuff. We get there. 
He immediately recognizes us. He sits on our laps. He's he purrs on my wife's lap. He eats some food for us. Mm. He is completely himself a day after basically being declared dead. Wow. Whoa. And nobody, even the specialist who has seen this before, so they've seen cats come back from the anesthesia like this. Apparently nobody's seen it happen after two hours of being unhooked from the machinery without getting the dosage of whatever it was that they gave him. Mm. So, Hey, uh, wait, can I ask you a question? By all means. Do you believe uh, animals have a soul or a spirit? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not much of a believer of any of it. I'm not much of a believer in ghosts. Uh, mm. I grew up with half of my family uh, was Jewish. One half was Christian. I couldn't pick a side because as a kid, I was so afraid of disappointing the other side that I just <laughs> walked the line. And That's as an adult, great. I still haven't, like, I'm not a non-believer. I'm not like, there is no God. But I'm also not like, I need to go to church every Sunday because Jesus, or I don't need, you know, I, I'm not, I'm just not a strong believer either way. Yeah. Mm. Ghosts and stuff. I would love to go to a haunted house. I'm not worried about a ghost. What scares me are alive people and rabid animals. Like I'm, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that gets me. I have no explanation for yesterday. Wow. I, I have none. And I know it was probably just confirmation bias of some one tenth of a thousandth percent chance of something like that happening. But I don't know. There were some stars that aligned. Okay, so let's break this down. First of all, I'm so sorry that um, you went through that. I'm so happy it worked out the way it did. <laughs> yeah, it's, I like that ending. And then I'm so sorry that you have to talk to us right now. And no, then, no, it's fine. Second, <laughs> yeah. Secondly, do you feel as if this shot, whatever it was, and we'd love to know what it is if you can find out, I think it started with an M. I don't know. Apparently, it's a standard medication, but I don't know. I cannot remember. So do you feel like this shot was just a miracle shot and it did its job? Or do you feel like your cat died and then came back to life after an hour and 45 so his minutes? His heart never stopped. He was still okay. breathing and his heart was still beating. It's okay. just It was very faint. And the doctor kept saying it was going to fade away. It was probably just a result of the emergency meds they pumped into him. Got it. So he'd had a cocktail that was keeping him on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the supernatural element to me is the timing. Because while my wife was bawling over what we thought was our brain-dead, comatose cat's body, saying her goodbyes, I prayed. I, I had no more science. I had nothing on mm-hmm. my side. And I prayed and I prayed hard to anything and everything that would listen. And I, I mean, I've not done that in a long time, but I, I was mm. out of options. And for my wife's sake, I could not let her baby go without trying everything I could. So I prayed hard and we sat there for an hour and 45 minutes. Anytime we could have gotten up, said, OK, it's time. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Put him down. We the moment we both stood up to say that was the moment she had the syringe in her hand. Wow. wow. Interesting. And if we'd gone in five minutes earlier, we would not have had that. Right. Some wow. kind of sixth sense or something where you just... It was very bizarre. And, I mean, a skeptic like me says it's confirmation bias. It was a coincidence. Sure. But at the same time, like, I, I, I can't help but feel like I felt something. And then last night at one point, I opened my eyes. And this is, again, probably me just being on two hours sleep. But we have, like, a double door uh, entrance to our bathroom because apparently they wanted a very... The, the fanciest thing in our house is apparently the entrance to the master bathroom. <laughs> Uh, but one of those doors was closed, one was open, and our fan was on, and I, I swore I saw, like, one of the doors, like, pulsating, like, pulsating white. 
Hmm. And I stood up and I got my phone, shined a light. And even with the light shining, I was still seeing it. I rubbed my eyes, looked, was still seeing it. I got up and I walked into the bathroom, fully expecting to be a portal to hell or heaven or <laughs> absolutely. I, I didn't know what the hell I was seeing. Yeah. Um, and I felt like this warmth as I walked into the bathroom as well. Then nothing happened, but it was there. And that was the night last night that <gasps> ev- the, everything else was happening. And all Strange. of this piece together has me a skeptic questioning whether I should be in church on Sunday, yeah. uh, hailing <laughs> Satan to get my soul back, or what I should be doing, because I don't know what I did, if anything. Whoa. But Love that. Well, you never know, never experienced it in my life. Anything I, like wait, that. Wait, Bryce, before I would say we chime this. in, oh. okay, okay, go go ahead, Bryce. But I, I really got, I want to talk more about this pulsating door. Sure, but go, go for yeah, it. the pulsating door is incredible. I would say this, Wade: miracles happen all the time. The Vatican has a casebook file full of them, <laughs> and when you go through them and read, okay, them, so Bryce coming in pro Catholic, hard pro. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you know, when when you sort of put that energy out there, when you're on fallen knee and and you're and you're putting it out there, I I, I need a faith. Or I need help. Sometimes help is help comes in 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 strange and mysterious ways. I'm 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 just saying, you know, I I love this story. I I just uh, I love that, uh, and I love that you're an animal lover, Wade, and that you've reached out to the hires to uh to bring one back to planet Earth for old times' sake, man. That uh, who doesn't who doesn't respond to that? Yeah, I would do anything for my pets. I really would. They're, they're my children. And two days ago, I, if you would have told me about the the um, miracle book. I would have said, yeah, but what about all the people that didn't get theirs answered? Yeah. But I, there's something that changes whenever it's you on the receiving end and you see sure. and feel something you can't explain because the skeptic in me always is, okay, yeah, but, you know, 500 times I've prayed for, you know, my grandparents or so-and-so and nothing happened, mm. and this one time it works out. But just the the way that things played out yesterday, I found myself questioning everything, <laughs> every wow. belief I I love it. I love it. You now had let's like get a, to this pulsating. Oh, go well, ahead. Well, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Yeah, you had a true crisis of skeptical faith, right? You know what I yeah. mean. And we're we, you know, we we sort of live. I think I think it's safe to say, and and Bryce and Riley, you pull me back or correct me if you disagree, but I think this podcast is actually as 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 much as we get into weird stuff we're we're fairly agnostic in the sense that we're like That's we right. don't really know yeah. what's going on we don't know if we'll ever truly know what's going on but we're no. also not closed off to any of this stuff you know what i That's mean probably whether where it, i sit That's probably yeah where I sit. whether whether it be on the spectrum That's the of the best seat in the house alien, let me yeah, tell you what, whether it be <laughs> yeah. that philosopher's seat yeah, mm-hmm, whether exactly. aliens created us or God created us and everything in between or none of the above, you know, we're sort of like, this is all wild. Um, yep. I'm so thankful that pepperoni nipples is okay. <laughs> and I, I've, I'm very interested in this moment with the pulsating bathroom door because yeah, that's, there's I, something think, there. I think, Bryce... And that uh, in many of these stories of high strangeness that happen, these moments where we have these, I'm redefining reality, there's always a second clue. 
that feels maybe incongruous or doesn't line up with the moment, but might actually be a sign that, hey, there are multiple things happening here, right? I like that, sure. So so tell us about this moment with the pulsating bathroom door, and was it, I know that's a crazy thing to ask, but was it before or after uh, the cat was okay? Your cat was okay. This was all after. So okay, we are still right now as we are speaking. Yes, my cat is still in the intensive care unit. Okay. We can bring him home tomorrow. Okay, great. So today we got the call uh, about ten hours ago saying we could come see him. He was doing great last night. He was there on his side. His heart rate was I think like 140, 145. They wanted it up above one sixty. His temperature was way down. They had him on a heated pad. They had oxygen pumping in. They were warning us. not They didn't know what to expect, but we shouldn't know what to expect, how much care he might need when he comes home. So we did not know. We were expecting okay. the, a chance they could call any minute and say that he did not pull through or he was perfectly fine. He could be any of any of the above at that point. Um, we dropped him off around 3.30 in the afternoon yesterday at that place, stayed for about an hour, and then they sent us home. And this was about... I guess 12 hours later, I was laying in bed. I was completely exhausted. I was on three mm-hmm. hours of sleep, mm-hmm. all the emotional ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I'd taken my glasses off. I was trying to fall asleep. And our cat is a night cat. He loves to run around at night, and he usually sits at the top of the stairs. Just It feels like he's guarding okay. us from something. I don't believe in evil spirits, but if there are, I feel like he's sitting at the top of the stairs staring him down every night. <laughs> sure, he's always sure. there. <laughs> yes. So I've got my eyes closed. I'm, I'm dozing off. And I feel like I hear him scampering around. And I'm like, well, that's not possible. He's not here. And then when, <laughs> well, as soon as you have that moment at night where your brain nice. thinks you hear something that you don't, every sound of your house becomes the most terrifying thing you've ever heard. Of course. So yeah, I'm, I, I sit up and I'm like, what am I hearing? What is this? And that's when I see the door like, I wouldn't say glowing, but it was, it was like the open door and the closed door. They're both white doors. And there's like that little bit of black space. In mm-hmm. between where the doors open, no light on in the bathroom. So no nothing. lights on, and no lights mm-hmm. on anywhere here. But mm-hmm. that black space, it wasn't like there was a light, but it was mm-hmm. like the black space was filling in with white, almost like a fan blade <sighs> wow. was like covering okay. it and coming back or whatever. But our fan is not sideways; it's on the ceiling. Yeah. So there was yep. nothing that could explain why I was seeing that dark space fill in, get dark again, fill in. But it was almost like the door was. I don't know, like uh, uh, if you imagine an optical illusion door, like uh, in a video uh-huh. game where you walk uh-huh. through a wall and as you're clipping yes. through the wall, you and can kind of see through, bit. but not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of like that, but I saw it without my glasses on. I saw it with mm-hmm. my glasses on and I saw it when mm-hmm. I was shining my light at the door. It was only whenever I got up to walk into it that I didn't see it anymore. And then it was gone. And then I went back, laid down and I was like... Well, I could be getting abducted. There could be nothing. I could be losing my mind, my sanity. I've had a long day. I'm going to sleep, and if I die in my sleep, so be it, because, God, this day has gone on too long, and that was the end of the (laughs) pulsating door. What about the theory that (laughs) Keters was taking a break from the hospital? Yes. Hopping Mm -hmm. over, hopping out of his body and coming Mm -hmm. over slipping under that bathroom door and being like, hey, 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 don't worry, I'm good, and I'm here right now, and I'm just taking a step out while all this goes on with me, but I'll be back, and you'll pick me up tomorrow. Then he's not getting any treats until he teaches me how he did it, because I'm tired of dealing with traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, uh, I, I have I a don't story know. for you. That, that, when- that, that or 
a, let's say, and again, Wade, you don't know us, right? We've never met before tonight. This is We're our meeting. first conversation, yes, minus first a couple com- emails of like, yes, when are you available? Exactly. That's it. Right. That's it. So you don't know us from Adam. And we're not trying to like uh, proselytize or or, or Im- implement any sort of uh, belief system in you whatsoever, and that goes for all of our listeners as well. I'm just my imagination's running wild. What if also the light could have been, let's say, a an ancestor, a passed on loved one who's on the other side, letting you know. I got you covered. I'm helping out with Keters. Everything's going to be okay. You know, you were going to make me look insane, but whenever we travel, I I told you, okay, October 26th. I'm I'm sorry to date your episode. October 26th is when my cat had all of this happen. Okay. Uh, Two days Mm -hmm. prior, October 24th, back in 2005, my mom came to pick me up at school to take me to the hospital where my grandma was in a coma and they were going to take her off life support. And that was the day she died. And that was oh. the only time in my life I have had wow. someone taken off life support that we had to tell them to do that, to let them die. My grandma was the most important person in my life at the time. And her death is the only thing that I've ever gone through that has truly put me in a depression. And it lasted yeah. about four years. Yep, she I'm was there. everything to me. When I travel with Molly, when I when I go in my car, when I do anything, I don't pray to God to watch over us or to get us somewhere safely. I ask my grandma to. And Mm -hmm. there are times where I swear and where I'm scared, you can almost feel a hand on your shoulder. And I always imagine it being her. And when I saw that last night, my thought was my grandma is here. Yeah. And she was one of the ones I reached out to. I said, please, you know, I called her Mamaw. She was my Mamaw. I was like, please, God, Jesus, anybody, Mamaw, dad, whoever. <laughs> my dad's also passed away. Just if anybody can help save Molly's cat, please. It's everything to her. He's so important to this family. Like, that was one of the specific people I reached out to. And it always is whenever I'm scared. Yeah. Um. So you mentioning that, one of those details, it's like, that's a me detail, but now it's out in the open, I guess. Yeah, wow. no, I look, I've been there. Beautiful. I've been there, and I haven't had that experience that you're describing with the door, but that was where my gut went was, oh, that's someone on the other side being like, mm-hmm. hey, baby, you <laughs> sleep. We got you covered. And that might have been, you know, because we hear also stories about, especially cats can can dance between this world and the next world right in waking life so i was like so either it's a loved one passed on who's just saying i'm here i got you or it's keters being like hi i'm gonna fuck with your door and wake you up in the middle of the year old cat who is a black cat (laughs) who is the only revival cat this this vet clinic has ever seen wow five days before halloween Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Two the days timing. after the anniversary of my grandma's death, who was also taken off life support and didn't make it. All wow. of these things just wow. Put it put together. And it's crazy that this podcast happened right after, so I could tell you guys <laughs> this story that I would definitely have dumbed down for everyone else because it's like some of this is so personal to me that it's just like I normally wouldn't go that deep into it, but it's so wild I can't not share yeah. it all. Yeah, no, no, it's meant to be. And, and let me tell you something. You you touched a nerve, and with our listeners too, they're going to respond to this man because, 
listen, you know, you're not in an in an uncommon or unfamiliar place. People talk about this stuff all the time. This happened to my mother uh, when her husband passed away. She got a visitation of a rainbow she had never seen before and some type of presence in her room. Like Michael said, it came in a two thing, which was weird, like a double confirmation thing. But people will tell you, uh, you know, this stuff happens, man. And, and just like Michael might be saying, you know, maybe this is the hint of 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 something from the other side reaching beyond the veil saying hey i heard you i'm here yeah and just the 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 synchronicity and the symbolism of everything with with the life support and everything it's just i I know what you're saying about confirmation bias my mind always goes there first too but that is it's hard to ignore i mean it, it feels very profound there is a lot of coincidences that lined up in this one particular case just a whole lot of them wow i also I have to add that um, my uncle passed away almost a year ago, and I talked to my aunt on the phone, my great aunt, um, a couple weeks ago, and she asked me if the headstone had ever shown up, and I hadn't been to the cemetery since his passing, which was around this time last year. So uh, Monday, I went over to the cemetery for the first time in a year and talked to my grandpa, my grandma, my dad, and my uncle. Uh, Tuesday was then the anniversary i think it was tuesday the 24th no monday was mm-hmm. th- it was the, it was on the 24th I that i went over there it was on the anniversary of her passing that i went over there to the cemetery and that's the first time i've gone over and talked to them by myself in years i always have my wife or someone with me but i went over by myself and just spent half an hour talking to them it's it's wild the things that have spinning through my brain this week are wild yeah I, yeah I, yeah. Big week for Wade Barnes, honestly. Like that's <laughs> completely that's, the opposite that's of me lie. normally. Normally <laughs> I would I am I am completely on the skepticism fence of like yeah. it could exist, but show me the proof. And then I lived through something I couldn't explain, and now it's like I don't know what this has shaken my unbelieving brain into not knowing what to believe. Yeah. Skepticism is great. It's when you it's when you're out to just prove something wrong despite evidence that 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 when skepticism turns uh to an unwarranted bent. Yeah, look, I think we're all pragmatists when it comes to this strange stuff. I know Riley, Michael, and I are, you know, we like to talk about this stuff as if it's willy-nilly and it all happens all at once. But, you know, we're very pragmatic and skeptical about mystical experience or supernatural experience, what we see, what we experience, you know. And I think most experiencers of strange phenomena are. And you'll find that people that have these crazier experiences uh, that we've talked about some on the podcast, you'll find too, that most of them have no interest in this stuff, you know, or they're pretty skeptical about it. It's when they're struck with it uh, that they're sort of forced to confront uh, the unknown. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's who makes the best witness, right? Is the person that doesn't want it to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Wade, uh, Thank you for sharing that story. You're in the best place to share it. And <laughs> and we'll, so, yeah. Yeah, and and I think the takeaway is the good news is it sounds like you're going to get your cat back tomorrow and it sounds like yeah. you got some help on the other side. And if uh if even if this pulsating light or all this stuff is coincidence, it's all good news in the moment and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> what's real and what's not it's uh what matters is that uh your cat's still hanging in there right and we'll never know we'll never know until 
we're on the other side and one of our nephews or grandchildren is like my please my hamster help me help me uncle wade my hamster and we'll be like we got you you know what i mean i hope i hope they choose someone better than me i'm too lazy even in the afterlife probably <laughs> i'll be busy like that a, day but it's a valuable lesson you'll, you'll be Sound, fine <laughs> sounds like you'll rise to the challenge when you need to if there is someone looking over my shoulder i just hope they don't see my internet search history <laughs> well, that's why you always have a private uh, browser window. What, they're watching over my shoulder. They see it live. Oh, no. I do. I do. If this will help, we have a medium on the show, a friend named Adela Levine. And she's like, well, once they get over there, they look back on that stuff and they're like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, of course they're looking at porn. That's well, half we're the not, crap I cares? look up for the podcast I do with Mark and Bob. So, like, you know, they're going <laughs> to. It's not my fault, but it's my fault. But it's not my fault. It's, I'm young enough to not take responsibility yet, right? (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, we can play a dumb game uh, with Wade. I'm sorry, my story took too long. (laughs) No, no, it didn't take enough time. That's how we feel about it. (laughs) That's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, right there. We'll be right back. All right. Well, we are back with Wade Barnes, who may or may not have a beautiful, lovely baby zombie cat uh, on his. <laughs> we we love this cat. We love this story. Um, Wade, we'll be thinking about you, and we hope everything uh, it, it keeps going in the direction it's going. Thank you for. Sharing I appreciate it. He comes home tomorrow, and I guess then we see we truly see where he is. Yeah. Yeah. We're if pulling you for feed, Keaters. If you got to feed Keaters some brains, you know what? You'll find the brains. It'll be fine. There's <laughs> some neighborhood kids that keep having a basketball roll into our yard, so I just yeah. know where to start. You'll find <laughs> the brains. You'll find a way to this find the might brains. Be the beginning of Little Shop of Horrors too, but it's fine. We're all rooting for I Keaters. Ground zero for the next apocalypse the fair, apocalypse. Enough. <laughs> fair enough we're still rooting for that kitty cat all right wade well we have a game that we love to play with all of our guests i'm gonna go down a list of phenomenon which if before today you might have played a little bit differently than you would today we'll find out uh if you're open to this you're gonna say believe it if you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. It's rapid fire style. You got to come down one <laughs> All right. on one side of the fence or the other. Well, knowing that, like, you know, there's always some in between. This is a game that we call bullshit or believe it. Wade Barnes on your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Don't believe it. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Aliens. Believe it. The Bermuda Triangle. It's. I think it's real. Believe it. <laughs> Parallel Dimensions. Uh, possible enough. Believe it. Psychic Vampires. Bullshit. Spontaneous Human Combustion. Bullshit, though. Kind of interesting. Astral Projection. Uh, bullshit. Ouija Boards. Bullshit. Alien Abduction. Believe it. Dogman. Bullshit. I'd love to meet him, though. <laughs> Mothman. Bullshit. Sheep Squatch. Never heard of it. Bullshit. <laughs> Ritual Magic. Bullshit, unless it involves cards. Levitation. Bullshit. The Healing Power of Crystals. Crystals? Bullshit. We're living in a simulation. Bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about Elvis. Probably hide a bunch of it, but bullshit on that one, maybe? 
alien human hybrids. Oh man, if I wasn't married, I'd fucking alien probably, but bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> First response we've gotten like that. <laughs> That'd be interesting enough, right? That's a hey, anyway. Sure. Yeah. Close encounters of like the 69 yeah, yeah. kind. Yeah. <laughs> Miracles. Believe it <laughs> now. <laughs> Reincarnation. Bullshit, I hope, where I've got a zombie cat. Destiny. Bullshit. Life after death. Bullshit, but man, I, uh, oh, ooh, I don't. That's a tough one today. Oh boy, I'm I'm right, right, well, take, take, take the insurance. Take the insurance. I'll believe it after after the last twenty four hours. I'll give you a believe it. All right. Wow. Good. Anything you want to circle back to? You found spontaneous human combustion very compelling. I watched enough of those uh, different like crime shows and things where they've talked about people that like they can't explain why all they found was like a foot and stuff. Yeah. Right. So I do wonder what the hell happened. Yeah. But but the the thought that I could just walk around and like randomly combust seems pretty implausible. I, I feel like there's an explanation. I just want to know what it is. Do you think there was like some weird street drug in the eighties where if people inhaled it, they would like burn them up from the inside? <laughs> it's gotta just, be one of those situations where someone was yeah. so incredibly drugged up on something yeah. so flammable that yeah. they then were just like <laughs> puff. Yeah. Yeah. God. Or someone came in and injected their veins with gasoline and then yeah. like there's no body to see the injection mark. They just exploded. So what are you gonna say? Yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna oh. do? Smited by the gods. Smited. I should be for the things I've said to the gods, then I should be next <laughs> on their list. I think you you've you're in their favor currently. Uh yeah. okay. Hold Ghost still. no, Bigfoot no. A- aliens you seem to be pretty uh believe it on. There's enough unknown in space to where the yeah. thought that we are this big important species and the best of the best is such an egotistical point of view. There is someone out there flying around laughing their asses off at what they think are just like monkeys with sticks, which is us. There's got to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Ghosts. I kind of put in the life after death thing of like, I don't know if it would be a ghost. If I, if my grandma's some guardian angel looking out for me, maybe she's a ghost, but it feels like more than that. And there's enough ghost hunters to where like, I watch so much ghost hunting stuff. I should have seen something compelling enough on that front by now, but I might try ghost hunting sometime soon, and then I guess I'll see mm-hmm. for myself. Okay. There you go. Love that. And Bigfoot, what's what's bullshit about Bigfoot for you? And by the way, no offense to any of our listeners. We're all we're all up in the air here. I am a six four clunky dude. And I have a hard time imagining I can stealth around anywhere. A guy <laughs> whose foot is the size of my torso somehow secretly getting around in the woods all these years without really being captured mm-hmm. or a corpse being found or something. I don't know. He's a big dude. That's gonna, that's hard to conceal. Man, I feel that. Yes. Yes. Do you, do you feel like Bigfoot is one special cryptid or, w- or would you be open to the idea that it's maybe... Uh, like a, a like a endangered species of maybe around seven thousand. Uh, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but like you know, spread across the country, like uh, primates that haven't been discovered yet because they're too smart to hide from people, or they're if, too smart, so smart that they can't hide from people. If I'm going against my instincts here, that he's real, and I'm mm-hmm. or that he's fake, and if I'm saying he's real, it's a big if. Mm-hmm. And he's not just some horrible inbred child that was abandoned and left in the woods, raised by wolves that somehow has man- found the long cure to living forever. Which is possible. Then if he's the only one of his species, 
God, I hate to see the Kleenex box he's had to use because of the loneliness of trying to uh, take care of business. Because, I mean, right. he would need some loving of some kind. And he's a, he's a big man who would leave some big puddles. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would feel very, very bad for him to be the only one of his species. And I'd be grumpy throwing trees at people, too. <laughs> Fair enough. He's like, like the like saddest Santa. <laughs> That's it's a horrible image is that sad santa in his box of kleenex i, I like that your angle michael is you, you you don't believe in one bigfoot how about seven thousand <laughs> yeah, can we well, get you on board with that that's how i that's how i used to sell computer and toner ribbon hey i know you don't want to take just this one but what if i gave you a whole box of 24 what's your favorite kind of m&m do you like peanuts or plain i'm gonna ship them to you right now i have your address butter, down yo. is three nine six four is that correct well like the bug repellent guys that come to our house are like do you have an ant problem like no we actually had it just taken care of oh uh can we see the receipt and see what they used on your house when was it done because they might have used everything they could have and it's like no you can't come in and see my receipts get out okay fair criticism it's but also i think that the three of us have been doing this show for so long that we sometimes forget that for some people Bigfoot is a singular folklore character like Paul Bunyan or Pecos Bill or Captain Caveman. You know what I mean? That right. There are like, hundreds of Bigfoot that are the size of like three of me walking around. Where the hell are they? Fair. This is the question that everyone is wondering. Are you like, like a hollow earth? Are they like inside the earth? There's a, there's there's definitely a cave hollow earth cave theory for sure. <laughs> All right. For I've sure, you might. I, I've never seen the inside of the Earth, so I guess I can't argue it. That's true. That's true. If you, if I haven't seen it, then it can't be fact, right? That's what we. I'm definitely a seer to believe. So you know, I guess the inside of Earth could be anything from cupcakes to Bigfoot. There you go. Oh man, what if Bigfoot came from a hollow Earth made of cupcakes? Now, wouldn't we all feel a little bit better about where we are at? So he's yes. taking care of business himself because he's alone left the world of cupcakes and is dealing with our bullshit and pollution. That poor guy. Yeah. True. Sad. Hashtag send Bigfoot home. (laughs) Everyone mail cupcakes to the forest. That's that becomes a new internet internet meme where we just start sending strawberry cupcakes to the Pacific Northwest. Because all um, we need is to sugar up Bigfoot some more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Bryce Johnson, what have you brought in to share with uh, Riley, Wade, and me this week? Well, I think it'll be an apropos uh, story of high strangeness for the discussion that we had. So let's jump right in. Hey there, gloomy face. What if I told you there was a way to travel to other worlds without ever leaving the comfort of your own bed? Heal yourself and or family members, or even spy on your favorite celebrity while they're taking a shower. Yes, I'm talking about astral travel. Here at Bryce's School of Astral Travel, we have a little motto that we like to go by, go where you want, when you want. That's right. In my course, we're gonna learn all about the basics or what I like to call astral fun. Topics include astral bodies, astral planes, astral worlds, astral doubles, astral travel. (laughs) We're going to cover it all. Well, if you're not sold on the benefits... Oh, go ahead, Mike. Yes? I was going to say, someone took the note of, we love unhinged Bryce and ran with it. (laughs) 
yeah, I do love Lying on their Christ. celebrity crushes in their sleep. Man, all you're going to see is the things you don't want to imagine them doing. They're going to be snoring, drooling, <laughs> snotting, slurping it back up, rolling over. Eating cupcakes. like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, cupcakes <laughs> smeared all over. Well, Kleenex and lotion by the bed. If you're not sold on the benefits or dare I say the reality of astral projection, then maybe you're going to want to buckle up and wait till I tell you more. The implications, wait, are enticing to say the least, but okay. let's start with the basics. Wikipedia defines astral projection <laughs> as follows. Wikipedia! Yeah. Alright. Okay. Fair nice, enough. Fair it's enough. a nice condensed definition. Astral projection, also known as astral travel, is a term used in esotericism to describe an intentional out-of-body experience or an OBE that assumes the existence of what's called a subtle body or an astral body through which consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel through the astral plane. Now, the idea can be found in just about every corner of the globe and in every major religion, and it's directly tied to the idea that we're not just made of flesh and bone, but that we're made of spirit as well. And there are occasions, and yes, even techniques, to help separate our spirit bodies from our regular bodies, or what's referred to as our gross bodies. British novelist and playwright William Gare Hardy described his first out-of-body experience in a semi-autobiographical novel, Resurrection, published in 1934. I neither drink nor take drugs, and all I brought to my bed was a considerable nervous exhaustion which sleep was required to restore. Begins Gerhard's description of his first ever out-of-body experience. Now, one night while he was sleeping, something spontaneous happened to him. William reached over to turn his light on, but that's when his hand went right through the lamp, startling him into realizing that he was floating in midair about four to five feet above his body, he softly whispered to himself, Oh my, now this is something to tell, and this is not a dream. You see, the thing that makes Gerhard's experience noteworthy is that he had no prior experience of the phenomenon known as OBEs, and he was able to observe it with professional writer's curiosity, detachment. As Gerhardy remained suspended in the air for several minutes, he felt himself pushed forward and placed on his feet. And then he goes over to the door, but he can't turn the handle because he has no physical grip in his hand. And that's when he becomes aware of this strange appendage hanging onto his back like a coil of light. Gerhardy described it as reminiscent of... The strong, broad ray of dusty light at the back of a dark cinema projecting onto the screen in front. And to his astonishment, he found that the cable of light seemed to attach to his body. The cold light illuminated the face on the pillow as if attached to the brow of the sleeper. The sleeper was myself, not dead, but breathing peacefully. My mouth slightly open. Now imagine having the sudden realization that you're not just your bodily five senses, but so much more. Perhaps a whiff of an afterlife? Gerhardy continues. But I was not dead. I consoled myself. My physical body was sleeping under the blankets while I was apparently on my feet and as good as before. Yet it wasn't my accustomed self. It was as if my mold 
was walking through the murky, heavy space, which, however, gave way easily before my emptiness. Now, while wondering how he was going to get out of his room, he just felt himself pushed forward so that he either passed through the door or the door passed through him. Now, the apartment was dark, which I think is interesting, Wade, except for a subdued light that seemed to emanate from his own body. He then went to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and out of habit tried to switch on the light, but he's unable to press it. And that's when he noticed the strange string of light was... Like an umbilical cord between my two bodies by means of which the body on the bed was kept breathing while its mold wandered about the flat. (laughs) I feel like I've had some memories of college where I've woken up unable to open the door after a long night with a strange (laughs) appendage on my back, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lit up from within. I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) Determined... To approach it scientifically and prevent himself from, you know, later thinking the whole experience might have been a dream, he began to make certain observations, as you would. So he goes through the house and he goes from room to room and he says, okay, this window's open here and this is placed here. And and he started to take careful observations. Now, the next thing that happens is he feels sort of pushed along, quote, like a half-filled balloon. And he flies out through the front door and, quote, hovers in the air, feeling an extraordinary lightness of heart, end quote. He realizes that he could quickly fly anywhere he wished. But then he becomes afraid that something might happen to sever the link with his sleeping body. Feeling anxious, he flew back to his sleeping body. I felt myself hovering over my old body on the bed. Drab disappointment came back to me. Not yet. No, not yet, I said again, and I flew off. When I flew ever so swiftly, my consciousness seemed to blot out and only returned again when I walked or moved at a reasonable speed. Now, Gerhardt's narrative, which was done so well by Mr. McMillian, and its details corroborated (laughs) along with other accounts... I'm an old Englishman and I refuse. I can fly. Well, let's look at some celebrities. Where's Emma Thompson? What is she doing on the toilet? What if they're also astral projecting? Can you have some like real astral coitus, like with your two astral projections, and then like well, hold on tight and be sucked whoa. into one body together? Yeah, you know, baby. Wade, some like people that. felt that the dream space might be inhabited by people who were just sort of projected and really not know it, knowing it. Um, there is talk of that. Now, Gerhardt's narrative uh, was kind of <laughs> confirmed by a doctor, a psychic researcher by the name of Dr. Robert Crookall, uh, who wrote various books on the subject, and he sort of found these commonalities, and Gerhardy's story kind of hit all on, on, on most of them. I want to just kind of go through the laundry list of, of what someone might expect um, when they're astral projecting or astral traveling. The first thing is the position of this astral body after separation. They usually describe it as being horizontal just above their sleeping body. And then as if propelled, it gets stood upright, uh, which I think is interesting. The next thing is this silver cord uh, that seems to connect the physical and astral bodies. Uh, It's even mentioned in the biblical book of Ecclesiastes uh, and is referred to in occult physiology as is, is going to the pineal gland, which is on the brow. Interesting. Another thing is that murky, heavy space, also confusion over the relationship 
to your physical reality during your first out-of-body experience. I've lucid dreamed before, and when I first became lucid, it took everything in my power to stay calm and stay in the dream space. I can't imagine what it would feel like to be hovering, hovering over your body and realizing that, uh, that you have this capability. There's also an attitude of alert attention. So unlike the lucid dream, or actually common to lucid dreams, everything feels more alive. The smells, the sights, you're really taking in all this attention to detail. Not only that, but there's a conflict of emotions, of exaltation and apprehension. You're excited, you want to test out this new capability, but you don't want to sever this cord because what happens if you do? Are you going to die? What if your, you know, sort of astral body floats off, the tie gets cut, and you're just floating off? Is that what a ghost is? Who knows? Now, Bryce, there, uh, I noticed that we might have skipped over one, the confusion over the relation to physical reality during the first episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not really quite sure. Uh, do they have powers like Patrick Swayze and Ghost? Can I touch objects? <laughs> Will I move through them? They're always not <laughs> quite I'm sure. I'm out of my body. Am I Patrick Swayze now? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're still you. See, I and wouldn't then, be excited. I'd be terrified. Like, have you ever been punched in the balls hard enough to where, like, oh, please don't get twisted? Like, that'd be me with my soul or spirit or whatever. It's like, oh, God, if I twist the wrong way, am well, I going to be, what, like, backwards? My, my left that's my what right the confusion is. It's like being punched <laughs> well, in the balls. Well, that's a conflict of emotions, oh. yeah. So there's also this conscious will as a motor force. Once you realize that all you need to do to think about going to the kitchen to get there is think about it. And that doesn't just include the in-kitchen, but it includes down the street, down the city, down the state, wherever the hell you want to go. Uh, there's no limit, right? There's now, also I love the experience. That. I love, the, wait, I love the idea if you just want to be there, all you have to do is think about it. That's well, pretty fucking cool. Einstein had this thought that, you know, nothing could surpass the speed of light, but the thought can't. Now, there's also this experience of re-entry. Gerhardi speaks of returning to the physical with a jerk that shook me. The sadness and shock of return of an experience is often reported by many projectors. So, bungee cord effect. Yeah, needless to say, there's all types of these stories of astral projection, and they come in many varieties and different characteristics. The most common aspect, of course, though, is that presence of the silver cord, the sense of enhanced alertness, and the fact that the consciousness can affect transitions in space in a just immediate time. Now, this happened to Gerhardi completely by accident, but that's not the only way to have an astral experience. In fact, the most common cause of separation from the body is crises or accident. There's the story of the boy. One of the most dramatic cases is of a famous medium and Reverend Max Hoffman, who at the age of five was a victim of cholera, an epidemic in Germany, and he was diagnosed as dead and subsequently buried. The night after his burial, his mother woke up to find the child's double standing at her bedside. He told her he was not dead, and he begged her to recover his physical body from the grave. He said Whoa. they would find him lying on his side with his right hand under his right cheek. The apparition returned on three successive nights, even though the father was reluctant to have the boy exhumed on what was probably an anxiety dream by the wife. She finally prevailed, and when the grave was opened, the child was found in exactly the position he projected his double had told his mother that he was in. The doctors were able to resuscitate him, and the physical body had been in a state of suspended animation, just clinging to life 
while the astral body went in search of help. Now, it's said that where the psychic link is strong between you and your cat, between a mother and a child, between a husband and a wife, wherever that connection is, life-saving astral experiences frequently occur. Now, there's this thing that's a little different from astral projecting, and it's this idea of the double, right? The doppelganger. And, mm-hmm. and it interests me because there are reports of like certain statesmen who've been like deathly ill, but they have to pass a Senate vote. And senators are like, we saw you pass the vote, you know? Meanwhile, they don't know. There's all types of these little stories about people showing up when they were Being in two ugly bastard if I have one. That poor ugly <laughs> yeah. bastard. Right, right. That's right. Why Michael have you Beaton. forsaken me, original copy? <laughs> Why has I hope you're dealing with a shoulder and neck pinch nerve too, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. So, but this double idea is very interesting. Even Ernest Hemingway had an out of body experience in 1918 while fighting in World War One in Italy. He'd been hit in the leg by shrapnel, and as he laid in the trenches, he suddenly felt as if, quote, my soul or something was coming right out of my body like you pull a silk handkerchief out of a pocket by one corner. It flew around and then came back and went in again. Hemingway used this experience in A Farewell to Arms, a novel based on his war experiences. There's also this idea of the false death. The psychologist and philosopher and psychical researcher William James investigated an out-of-body experience of a mountain-climbing clergyman by the name of Reverend J.L. Bertrand. Now, the case was reported in the Proceedings for the Society of Psychical Research in 1892. And as the story goes, while climbing in the Alps with some students and an old guide, Reverend Bertrand decides to just, you know, take a little rest, seeing as how he'd been to the summit several times before. So while everybody's off going to the summit, he stays behind and he's basically dangling his legs over this vast precipice and he's got a cigar in his mouth and he strikes a match to light it and suddenly this feeling comes over him as he's watching the match burn his fingers and he realizes he can't move. He can't throw it down. He can't move his limbs. Basically, he realizes he was freezing to death. So he begins to pray. And once he realizes there's fucking no hope of survival, he succumbs to this idea to study the process of dying. So he does. Reverend Bertrand is pretty much able to remain conscious while his icy paralysis progressively takes over all of his bodily functions, and he feels his head become cold. And then he has the sensation of separating from his body, and he could actually see it below, quote, deadly pale with a yellowish-blue color holding a cigar in its mouth in a match and its two burnt fingers and he described the sort of feeling as a captive balloon still attached to earth by a kind of elastic string and going up, always up. He also recalls this feeling of just wanting this string of light to be cut so he could fly away. You know, you hear that in uh, near-death experiences. People want to follow that tunnel of light. They want to go, but something sometimes often them back. Now, instead, he sees the old guide from earlier come up to his body who thinks he's dead, and the guide starts going through his pockets, of course, and he says, <laughs> go on, minute. old fellow. Yeah. Stealing what? his money, stealing, looking for his wallet? Well, he's looking for food, I think, <laughs> and, you know, uh, Bertrand says, remembers thinking, go on, old fellow, in there? <laughs> eat the whole chicken, 
If you choose, for I hope my miserable corpse will never eat or drink again. But the guy also realizes that he's probably still alive and he starts trying to heat up his friend by rubbing his hands together and his shoulders and whatnot. And eventually, he does get him back to life. He basically revives the Reverend. And the Reverend feels this sensation of being pulled downward. His description of his re-entry into the physical body emphasizes the violence of the experience, which numerous other projectors have noted. Quote, When I reached my body again, I had a last hope. The balloon seemed much too big for the mouth. Suddenly, I uttered an awful roar like a wild beast. The corpse swallowed the balloon, and Bertrand was Bertrand again. I just picture Aladdin when Jafar is the genie and gets sucked back into the lamp, and our bodies are just <laughs> lamps containing yes. all powerful genie yes. cells. That's right. You know. I also love. I also. I also love the phrase "Bertrand was Bertrand again." Yes, I Bryce think. I feel like was Bryce again. I feel like Bertrand <laughs> was Bertrand is like our Duran Duran band. We might have Bertrand a was Bertrand. Bertrand, Bertrand. Bertrand Bertrand. I'm putting that Bertrand, down as Bertrand. a DJ in the Shadow Bat song. Bertrand Bertrand. Um, no, it's a whole new band. It's our new uh, new wave band. Bertrand Bertrand. Bertrand. Okay, I love it. I love out it. The well, roster. you know, guys, there are thousands of reported astral traveling cases and not just in modern times but going back to antiquity long before christianity people believed in the mystic journey of the spirit during the life plato socrates even aristotle all believed of and spoke of the psychic journey so we should probably just finish off here talking about a little bit well where do you go and i want to just sort of touch on the astral plane now it's called the astral plane or astral world and it's this supposed plane of existence postulated by classical medieval or oriental or even esoteric philosophers and uh it's basically this world of celestial spheres and when the soul dies the astral body goes through these spheres on its way to eventually being born again and and these spheres are generally believed to be populated by angels spirits demons other immaterial beings uh, this is what dante wrote about in his divine comedy when he's going through these concentric circles but uh maybe that's something to touch on for another time but there you have it this wow. idea that you can travel outside of your physical body and wait hearing your story of keters oh, i man. i was biting my <laughs> biting my knuckles going maybe that black cat near halloween this sounds so scripted i'm sorry internet it's not astral travel <laughs> So and come real. say hey. Wait, it's this be is okay. what we this is what we call a synchronicity, buddy. It yeah, all we had a whole episode up. of our podcast called Synchronicities, which was yeah. uh, I just got over it, and now we're right back. <laughs> the moment I think yeah. I'm out, they pull me back in. Exactly, <laughs> Bryce. Well, also, you, you got to see yes. Insidious. You have to see Insidious, man. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the it's it's used a lot the uh, astral travel in media and film and television. People use it all the time. One of my favorite characters, Doctor Strange, is, has the capability to uh, astral project his body. And, you know, it's just, it's this idea that we just hear about from antiquity. And listen, I, that's why I guess I asked earlier, do you believe that animals have a soul? Because I do. I believe we have a soul or a spirit. And I believe even animals and even plant life is imbued with spirit and and that's why when you had that thing happen i was like maybe keters is walking around um i don't know it's very interesting and i think a lot of people have took a, a scientific approach even though it's shunned by the scientific community this idea of of astral traveling i don't know um with quantum physics today and everything we're learning people are maybe starting willing to take a second look 
So, Wade, what the hell is that? Astral projection. Bullshit or believe it. Oh, man, I... If it wasn't for thinking that I heard him running around the house, the, the whole, like, the door with the weird white fill-in disappear thing, I would have attributed to being like my grandma or, you know, the guardian angel, whatever else have you. I want to say bullshit on astral projection, but if my cat knows astral projection and he doesn't teach my ass when he comes home, <laughs> he's going in the crate and he's never leaving it because <laughs> that's just not cool. <laughs> If he does it. know it, I'm. Oh man, we're in for you a know, long life of hearing him tromp, tramp around the there's, house. There's a lot of note. You're asking how to do it. There's a lot of notable authors who wrote on the subject. Oliver, Fox, we'll send you Silver some books. Muldoon. We'll send you some and books. There's one oh, guy. Peter's name to is, read them to me then. Yeah, there's one guy, Robert Monroe, it, and his book is kind of considered the best because he doesn't go into like other worlds. He just goes down the block, and his is very like. Here's how to do it. Here's what to do. And, and he keeps it very sort of grounded. Um, his adventures are sort of take place at just like around his neighborhood. and um, But interesting stuff. I love it. I love it. I mean, if you're going to ask for a project, why not go to places that you know to confirm that you're there? Right? I don't mm -hmm. know. I That's think that right. Makes sense. Yeah. Wade. Uh, any final thoughts on astral projection before we wrap up this week's session of Bigfoot Collectors Club? If you if we had done this two days ago, I would have been the worst guest you ever had because I would have been bullshit, 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 <laughs> aliens, oh, maybe God. bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. You guys suck. Everything sucks. You guys got me on a good day where oh, wow. I'm a lot more open to anything oh, right now God. than I was two days ago. Wow. Thank God, Keaters. <laughs> well, I think Keaters went through all of this just yeah. for your podcast, and I'm not oh, happy no. about it. <laughs> we don't want that responsibility. You give this to us. No. <laughs> well, Wade, I mean, honestly, man, we're so thankful for sharing yeah, uh, you seriously. sharing that story. We're so thankful that Keaters is okay. We are pet lovers on this show. Yep. They are our children as well. So we're mm -hmm. right there with you. Please keep us posted. And we're just happy that so far it's worked out the way it has. And um, I, I really hope you have a Doctor Strange cat. That's all I have to say. I think that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. We are now four days from Halloween, and my black cat came back from the dead this week. So, yeah. I, he comes home tomorrow, so I guess we'll find out. You can charge people portals you can in the night. You could charge people to have him walk in front of their car as they drive by. Could you imagine the money you'd make? <laughs> oh yeah, I could I could I could be one of those scammers go around to people that are like grieving trying to get in touch with their loved ones and be like, "Oh, yeah. touch my cat. He can guide you to him." Yeah, I could totally I, don't, I could retire off of this cat, man. I got a money right. play. Yeah, but you it. know what? Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I won't. Wade, I have a thing called a conscience which kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff uh should you wish to be found? Well, if you guys like podcasts, you're listening to one, I imagine you'd like a I don't know if you'd like ours, but we have I have one called Distractable. I work with my friends Mark and Bob, where we're completely unhinged and weird. And I don't know if there's much scientific base in the things we say, but there's definitely oddities well, and things that'll get you in trouble if you listen at work or while you're driving. And our audience uh -huh. will love love your show. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there is that. Uh, I do video game stuff and some other things on my Twitch channel, Minion777, or YouTube and social media, Lord Minion777. Don't judge the name. It's terrible. But that's where I be. I say don't judge yourself. Don't judge thine self too harshly. Uh, it's a, I set the bar low so they can be pleasantly surprised if they do check it out. I, I think I still stand by my argument that you gave yourself the perfect sorcerer name at the perfect <laughs> age of tech 
technomancery. Okay. I think you did. I think this has served you well. If you want to shed it now, that's fine. But don't too lazy. Yeah, don't piss on the past. Too lazy to rebrand. Yeah, fantastic. And zombie cat. cat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you got a zombie cat. Astral projecting zombie cat. (laughs) Exactly. You're a wizard, dude. We've done our work here. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Wade. So much. Happy to be here. It blows my mind all the coincidences that led to this show (laughs) being recorded right when it did. I, I can't believe it. It's crazy. So it truly is. Uh, Wade Barnes, everybody, check out his stuff. Wade, uh, uh, Bryce, do you have the lamination machine ready? Yeah, I'm printing out his card right now. Right. You are now an oh, official member of the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Card carrying. Oh, you're me. Scout. I'll take a card instead. That sounds yeah. much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're you're official member of the BCC, Wade. You're welcome back anytime. I appreciate. It. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a ton of fun, and uh, I. I'm in shock from what I've went through, and I'm in shock that these were the topics we had to discuss today of all days. Yeah, crazy. As as we are as well. Thank you, Wade. All right, everybody. Well, that was Wade Barnes and some pressing news during this record. Riley, why don't you tell our listeners tell our listeners what you discovered in the uh, in between saying goodbye to Wade and uh, hopping back on the record. Yeah, well, uh, in the in the brief moments of uh, downtime, I you know instinctively picked up my phone and clicked on Instagram for no apparent reason, and uh, the first thing that came up was a friend of mine posting a picture of their cat uh, with the hashtag National Black Cat Day, and I was like, "What?" And so I googled that, and that's today. That's what today is. We are recording this is National Black Cat Day, so Keters. This episode yeah. is officially designated to you. Come this on. This is wild. If we yeah. had Wade on any other day, <laughs> I know. I he, know. Would, he would not have he would not have stood for our shit. And when but, Wade uh, said <laughs> this episode would get dated, he had no idea how how true he was, how right he true. was. That's, yes. That's great. So, I love it. Love yeah, it. That's that so synchronicitous, man. Scoop it. Put that fuck yeah. <laughs> put that in your litter box and scoop it up. Put it in a plastic bag that we usually just toss into the ocean and then throw it away. <laughs> Boom. Paranormal mic drop. There you go. All right, everyone. Exactly. If you love the show, please tell a friend and follow, rate, and you know why? We never say it. Tell a friend. Honestly, tell a friend that you love the show. Have them listen. Silence from my co-hosts. Don't tell a friend. <laughs> you were Don't. doing great. Yeah, we I'm just, telling we every friend I have. I, I told I someone just my friends. Yeah, I told someone I was walking the dog the other day. I just saw, hey, you should check out my podcast. You I'll know, never forget. Enemies. Yeah, tell your enemies as well. I'll never forget the time that we were at FanX at Salt Lake, and oh, Bryce God. refused to hand out stickers with me. He I don't do that. Well. I'm, that's not me. I can't. I, I I had a mental social block. I can't. I can't go up to strangers and be like, "Hey, social how's it going?" Anxiety. I know it reminded well, me of sales. I had it, yeah. it was like I think it was PTSD from sales. I never yeah. felt more betrayed. <laughs> Michael's like, you, we we need people in seats. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, I'm way. not talking double to randos. I no double down. <laughs> I double down. All right, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a rando. Follow also follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. If you write us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, which you know helps the algorithm, guys. It's listen, look, 
Listen on whatever platform you want. We support that and we thank you. But if you listen on Apple Podcasts and you give us a five-star review, we might read it on the air like this one. All right. This is from Copper823. Uh, the title of the review is Let's Talk Supernatural Phenomena, but... Uh, I don't know what the but is. Let's let's find out. I found this podcast recently through the Monsters Among Us Instagram page. I love paranormal podcasts. When I looked up BCC and saw that this was Michael from True Blood, I love you, Jason Stackhouse, and Bryce from Expedition Bigfoot, I was totally in this 100. Once I listened to (laughs) an episode and realized they were also funny, I was hooked. Do yourself a favor and give these guys a listen. Thanks, y'all, for giving us this entertaining podcast. I look forward to some new episodes. Lori. Thanks, Lori. No, but I think she's teasing the people who who give us a review and say, I love this, but, and then they complain about something we do. Lori. Right. Copper 823, however you want to be addressed. Nice work. I, pre- I appreciate this on more levels yeah. than you understand. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, if you guys want some more BCC in your life, and why not, then go ahead and support our show. Just join our Patreon. BCC, the other side, a $5 a month pledge is just going to get you three exclusive BCC episodes every month, access to exclusive offers and promos and more. All you got to do is sign up at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. And follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and Twitter at Bigfoot Pod, although, you know... Not over there so much anymore. Write to us with your personal paranormal stories at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com, and we might read them on a future episode. As for me, I'm at McMills on Instagram. You, I'm the same on Cameo. If you want to hit me up on Cameo, you have a birthday, a celebration for a loved one, or for yourself, and you uh, want a birthday wish from one of your BCC boys, uh, I'm over there. I'll give you a little tour of my corner of the virtual BCC clubhouse. Also, I have another podcast called Slate Your Name, where I talk to some awesome creators and actors working in Hollywood about the uh, highs and lows of working in the entertainment industry. Bryce has been on an episode. Riley will for sure be on a future episode. Uh, Not so long ago, I had Clubhouse favorite Marcy Jaro on. It was one of the most delightful conversations I've had so far. You know her. You love her from a Funny Feeling podcast. So please check out Slate Your Name podcast and give me a follow and a listen over there as well. Great. I'm active on the socials. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and on Twitter at Bryce O. Johnson. Uh, I'm on Cameo as well. Hey, I'd love to say hi. Hit me up. You'll find it in the link tree in our uh, in our Instagram bio. And uh, I'm Peace Drone on Instagram. And uh, I'm also on Cameo. And it's really fun and I've been really enjoying it. So thank you to everyone that's been getting them. If you want one, I promise I will make it worth your while. Um, that sounded weird, but I'll sing no. you a song. No feedback. Yeah, I'll sing you a song. Uh, By the way, you know, let's let's bring up the bio, Lincoln bio thing, because we've had some people reach out, out to us and say, what are you talking about? If you go to our Instagram page or if you go to the link tree in the episode notes, um, but if you're on Instagram, uh, scroll to our homepage, scroll down, and you'll see a little link tree slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Tap on that. It's going to send you to all the links of all of our stuff. It's right there on our like landing page on Instagram. Also, mm-hmm. if you pull up this episode in your podcast player, scroll down. 
where it says more BCC stuff or like more stuff from the BCC guys, that's our link tree. So click on that and you'll go to our cameo and all of our other cool, cool stuff that we got going on. Yeah, I think exactly. it's, it's good to remind people because we take it for granted that people know where to actually find these links. You know what I mean? Hey, that Michael kind of, worked hard on Michael worked hard on that link tree. I did. Go, go click on go it. Look go look at on it. it. Come on. Go look at our new merch <laughs> shop, guys. Our new merch oh, shop. And yeah. hey, listen, by the way, we have some oh, listeners yeah. who have asked for, uh, you know, a lot of our, our our female listeners have said, hey, let's get some lady sizes in here. Uh, That's we, what's up. We are letting our vendors know we hear you, uh, but we got some great stuff going on there. So go check it out. It's in our link tree, shop.bigfootcollectorsclub.com. Okay, everybody, we love you. Uh, until next week, good night. And go get quick rest. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.